We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh, my All right, welcome to another Buzz Beat, this time in a video podcast format. This is exclusive to our Buy Me a Coffee members. I'm Richie Randall, and if you are listening to this on the audio version, there is a video format that uh, includes clips of today's prospect, Isaiah Jackson, if that interests you, that I actually will add a little bit more context to kind of what Brian is saying here. The way that this is going to work is a little bit unlike our regular podcast, where we have more of a conversation between all three of the co-hosts. This one should be quicker, and I will be joined by our resident college basketball guru, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to give uh, a quick statistical profile of the prospect and then pass it to Brian for five questions or five topic starters about this prospect. And, and we're hoping to do maybe two or three of these before the draft. I know that's not a lot per se, but it's just something exclusive to our Buy Me A Coffee members just to see something a little bit different. So does all this sound good to you, BG? Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, if this goes well, then maybe we'll end up doing a, a few more of them, but we'll see how it goes, right? Yeah. All right. So the prospect for this video is Isaiah Jackson, freshman out of Kentucky, 6'10", 206 pounds, 19 years of age. Just to kind of go over some counting stats here, he averaged 8.4 points, 6.6 rebounds, 2.6 blocks, which is a lot. Uh, Shooting numbers, 54.8% from two-point range, 23 of 25 on dunks, 55 of 81 at the rim, and only took two attempts from behind the arc, and it was 0 for 2, uh, but did shoot 70% from the free throw line. So the first place that I would like to start with Jackson is this. Just, Just give me a rundown only on his offensive profile, offensive style. How would you describe him on the offensive side of the court? Yeah, real quickly, I would like to start with like where he's at athletically before we just dive into to, to offense or defense or whatever. Richie, you mentioned he's 19. He won't turn 20 until next January. I'm getting I'm going off these numbers. Kentucky did a pro day 
uh, just before the start of their season uh, this past year. So I'm going off. These are their measurements. They dished out on that. Uh, six, nine and a half without shoes in terms of height. Six, uh, seven, two uh, and a half wingspan. I've seen him elsewhere listed as like a seven, five wingspan. The point is he's he's very long, but I, I'm going off the, the Kentucky Pro Day measurements. And then nine feet and like, you know, nine, zero and a half inches in terms of standing reach. It's pretty good. Uh, his weight at that was only 205, but I, you know that's obviously pretty light. But I'm guessing he's added some weight, you know, in the last uh, you know six months or so, probably since Kentucky's season has ended. But yeah, athletically, like pretty pretty darn special for a guy of like that height and length, right? Fluid in his hips, uh, can get out in a stance and slide. Really able to move laterally against uh you know smaller ball handlers which is certainly pretty pretty impressive uh the vertical explosion is 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 really 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 darn good lots of vertical pop when he has a runway to gather steam you know he's super explosive in terms of just how much ground he can cover like in the air like if you're thinking almost like long jumping. I feel like there were times this year he caught the ball on the move in the lane and was trying to to basically do what Kawhi did to Derek Favors in the in the Jazz Clippers game the other night, but wasn't quite able to pull that off. But he has that kind of ability to sort of like take off from from get from A to B in the air while also covering a lot of ground. But just in terms of his vertical leap, just straight up in the air, um, he can really get up off a standstill. Big time vertical pop, big time second jumper, second leaper. Just overall, like a vertically is you know, pretty, pretty nuclear in terms of his just overall athleticism, but he can sprint the floor. Well, uh, you see him get early rim runs on the break, uh, getting back defensively for like chase down blocks, um, is another area. And part of that is like, he's fast that he also has a pretty darn good motor. That's probably something else we'll touch on a little bit too, but body control on lobs, just like very fluid looking to catch in midair and adjust to finish, you know, being able to, you know, readjust and put it off the glass for an alley-oop layup or something like that. And um, interestingly enough, and I think we'll probably touch on this again at some point too, but has some experience playing with LaMelo ball. Those guys played some during the 2018-19 prep season together, which is kind of, uh, kind of amazing. But in terms of his offensive profile, let's get to what you initially uh, we're asking me about Charlotte has a need for a mobile center, a mobile five. This is something we've been talking about on the, the podcast or tweeting about or talking about in the Buzzbeat Slack thread for months now. Um, you know, it's something that this team clearly didn't quite have, regardless of what, you know, who was playing center. PJ's obviously a decent pick and roll player, but he's not really like an above the rim lob threat. You know, Biz can't catch. Uh, and, and Cody is, uh, you know, if you give him a little bit of runway, he can make a play, but more of a short roll dunk finisher than just like a vertical lob threat. You know, Kentucky's pick and roll offense wasn't exactly like the, the most crisp machine you've ever seen run this season. And, and Jackson had to play a lot of four with Olivier Saar on the court. So, and, and plenty of like non-shooting wings. So, and, and on top of that, maybe not... Um, like a reliable pick and roll creator initiating the offense in Devin Askew or Davion Mintz, who's a, who's a good college guard, but more of a, like a, a spot up shooter. And now, you know, if, you know, in the NBA, that's going to change. You know, he's going to be playing with really dynamic guards on a spread court 
And, you know, that should be really uh, beneficial for him as a guy that can definitely go up, catch a lob, finish. We talked about it. He's a pretty, pretty darn uh, special athlete. I think there's some short roll potential here too. you know, catch face up. Um, you've even seen him, you know, catch face up, drive, catch face up the occasional, almost like rip move, but just some of that sort of like short space playmaking, you know, surrounded by traffic with a defender in front of him or, or sort of like guys rotating around him and still able to stay, you know, stay poised and, and, you know, either pass or, or try to get it up to the rim. But that is all pretty raw, I think, in, in f- for him. But it's something we saw not only at Kentucky, but we saw with, with Isaiah Jackson as a prep. Like, he, there is some ability for him to be a short-roll playmaker. And so now all of a sudden you're, you're thinking of, wow, what all can this guy do in the NBA? If he can be more than just like that, that vertical lob threat, but he can also catch it in space. If teams are trapping, he can catch it in the middle. He can make plays four on three. It's another avenue to get to the free throw line, like all of this different stuff. I also like his physicality as a screener. Like I think it's there. And I think he occasionally will set some pretty mean screens too. Nothing like, you know, nothing dirty or headhunting or anything like that. But you know, I always go back to like Vernon Carey Jr. at Duke and, and maybe Duke is like a little bit of a weird example just because some of their big guys are more prone to just like slip screens as opposed to actually like holding ground and setting screens. But you'll see Isaiah Jackson do that with ball screens, with pin downs. Like he, he's looking to make contact and help create some advantage. And, and I, I like that. And I think like he's going to have to embrace that. There's been some commentary from him, I think, in the one of the ESPN stories when he announced that he was going to be playing or going to the draft. He envisioned himself as a stretch four. Oh, gosh. I can, I mean, like, in a sense, I can kind of see, like, the face-up playmaking aspects of his game. Um, we're going to touch on his jump shot here in a second, but... That's ultimately like that's it's not it's it's not going to be a stretch four. It might be like a playmaking lob five, right? Like there there might be more to this guy than just just throw it up to the hoop, and that's important if you're a team like Charlotte and you're considering investing a lottery pick or like a borderline top ten pick in this guy. So that's something that is something to consider. Um, really, not that much in terms of like self concrete uh, self creation, but there were freaking flashes. Um, like I said, can face up, put it on the deck for a dribble or two, look for a drive, or try, you know try to finish with a dunk. Um, that's where you get to some of like the lay down passes or the drop off passes. I think also too, you see when he is in the post either sort of like facing up in those certain areas or if he is playing with his back to the basket, which didn't happen that often, but happens some. And he's pretty good at like positioning himself for seals or to Kentucky runs a lot of high-low action. And I mean, he was topside on that a fair amount, but just his ability to to rim run, to seal high-low, seal in the paint. um, I think he does a nice job sort of like maxing out on his foot speed. You know, like we said, he's lighter in the post and his, he doesn't really have like, you know, super refined moves. Like his advantage down there is he's fast and he can get off the ground really quickly. But I also think some of the sort of like quick fl- uh, passing flashes, uh, you know, can sort of like can maybe hopefully project some more of, uh, you know, Jackson's level of, as a short roll passer. So we saw him, you know, work the nail against zone defenses, look for baseline cutters, catching in the dunker spot, kicking out the weak side shooters. So some of those sort of like smaller skills that you're hoping you can extrapolate and, and, and sort of project those more onto, well, how much of a playmaker can he be um, offensively? I think there's a, there's a baseline here because he can definitely screen and dive, even though, you know, if you go to his synergy page, you're not going to see a whole lot of pick and roll reps. 
but I do think that's that's going to be a, a big part of his role. And then Richie, just to circle back to you, we talked on, we touched on uh, some of his stats. Uh, 12.8% block rate, 2.1% steal rate, 5.5 uh, defensive BPM. He was ranked fifth nationally in Evan, Evan Maya's defensive BPR. Yeah, one of 16 freshmen since the 07-08 season with 10% block rate, five or better defensive BPM. And he's joined on that list by a pretty imp- impressive cast of characters, Anthony Davis, Mo Bamba, Jackson Hayes, Jaron Jackson Jr., Miles Turner, Manny Bates, Nerlens Noel, Larry Sanders, Jordan Bell, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid. Like, you know, these are NBA centers, some of whom are really, really good uh, pros. And there's plenty of other sort of like, you know, uh, sort of like query stats that he filtered into where he really does rank over the last like decade and a half as one of sort of like the better one and done to defensive centers or, or big guys to come into college hoops. So we can maybe even use that as a transition to get into his defense. Or would you like, did you have anything you want to bring up about his offense? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we, we can transition to defense, and obviously you just laid out uh, you know, a great statistical stat with all those players that are that are NBA centers in today's game. And, and I, I do wonder, from a profile standpoint uh, on, on defense, how is he in terms of like out on the perimeter and also defending down low as well? Like, how would you describe him? Is is he good out in both, or is does he kind of fit, does he do better in one area over the other? 
I think he's pretty solid in both. I mean, the his ability as like a, you know, you talk about his, you're asking about his ability to cover in space. And because he was played a lot of four for Kentucky this year next to Saar, like, yeah, I think he, you know, in some of those rotations, he's guarding a little bit more on the perimeter. And with his length and his lateral quickness, his hands are quick. Yeah, I think that's really where you can see some of his, excuse me, some of his defensive versatility. Now, sort of projecting that to where he might look as a rookie. I mean, I think he's going to be a little up and down, and, and I do want to touch on some of his concerns defensively, but he's a guy that will offer you the ability to switch one through five defensively. Yeah, I mean, like, he has because he's he's not, you know, a behemoth at center. If you're guarding ball screens with Isaiah Jackson, you're not going to just, like, drop him into the paint, right? Like, that's not the way you you actually get the most out of his – out of his skill set, you want to play him to the level of the screen, or you want to you want to switch, or you want to trap. But if you're thinking, if we're talking about the switching, like I think he looked pretty fluid at times, switching on smaller ball handlers, including someone like Sharif Cooper, who uh, from Auburn, who's you know probably the best small ball handler, you know, in terms of prospects for the draft this year. I you know maybe there are some other guys in the Davion Mitchell or. Jared Butler or, or, or Miles McBride sort of area. Uh, they're, those guys are also like different type of prospects too. But Cooper is like a pure point. And I think Jackson, during the, the game when Auburn and Kentucky played in February, Jackson was just awesome in that game. That included probably a handful of pretty darn impressive possessions, being able to switch out comfortably on Cooper, keep him in front, or sort of like make him reluctant to drive. Um, settle for tough shots. And, he's, and because of his length and his athleticism, even if you are able to sort of like bend and get around him, you know, he can contest shots. He can, he can do more than contest shots. <laughs> he can block some of those, some of those shots as well. Of course, he is a very impressive uh, rim protector. A lot of that, you know, comes in terms of like help rotations or that comes on guys trying to go up for a, a putback and his, you know, second jump is just so good. You see it, with him as an offensive rebounder, you see it with him as like a second shot rim protector defensively, but also he's able to sort of like attack the ball, you know, in the air. He's certainly aggressive as a shot blocker, which can work against him at times. But I think his ability to, to switch out like is, is something like it's going to be a part of his, his game going forward. Now that's maybe a little scheme dependent. Like, you know, it depends on, you know, what team he would land on obviously Charlotte switched a lot this season. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was maybe out of necessity. We've talked about that a ton on the pod this year, but that is something that if Isaiah Jackson were in Charlotte, you know, you could continue to try to switch in some of these lineups and he, and he would give you a guy that could guard a bunch of positions and could also protect the rim. He needs to get stronger in terms of post defense. I don't think it's like really, really like that. Like, I think he's mostly fine there, but obviously he'll have to get stronger. And, uh, and it is also too, like, you know, he's going to, he probably saw a lot of post-ups, you know, defensively, you know, probably in college and like in the NBA, that's like, you know, that's a thing, but uh, teams are more concerned or, or more, uh, wanting to get into spread pick and roll. And I think Jackson has the ability to be like a, a, you know, like an impact defender at guarding those actions. Yeah. Everything from the physical and athletic profile that you were describing with this guy, I kind of figured that would be the answer in terms of being able to defend out in space, but also have some kind of impact down low as well. Obviously you, you mentioned him needing to bulk up a little bit, but you know, that comes with some, with some cons as well. So uh, these next two questions are going to be more like quick hitting questions, 
what what is one underrated aspect of his game that you feel doesn't get talked about enough? Um, and just real quickly, last thing I want to touch on defensively okay. too, because I mentioned a switching, but what I will be curious, and one of the things that I think could be like a, a swing aspect for Jackson will be his ability to get to the level of the screen and then sink from there, right? Like, you know, can he sort of hold water in that middle ground area, almost being in two places at once, despite the fact that he's not, you know, seven, you know, he's not Anthony Davis, he's not Rudy Gobert, but a guy that can, you know, go, can bother the ball handler and contest a floater while also threatening against the lob pass to the mm-hmm. rolling big guy. Like, I think that's interesting um, and something that, we'll, you know, you're going to have to monitor with Jackson going forward if he's playing, um, you know, if he's playing center for you. Um, underrated aspect of Jackson. I think this is something that people that are bullish on Jackson are going to bring up. And, and it's, and it's, it is an interesting thing. And that is his shot his jump shot. I think with everybody you're going to mention, you know, it's a potential swing piece for prospect X. I mean, it's like, it's almost parody at this point to say that that shooting is a swing skill, but it really does. Like it's, it's the most important skill to have. So, you know, if you add it, it completely changes just what your role could be. It changes what the outer layers of your expected outcomes could look like. It just changes a lot of things. So like, again, you can mock it and it is overused. as like a swing skill, but it's something that probably is a little underrated, um, you know, for Jackson and, and, you know, not only would it allow him to space the floor, but more importantly, all of a sudden, if he's the, your your main screener and spread pick and roll, well, now he can threaten in a, in, a, in a multitude of ways as a screener who can score as a lob guy, can play make on the short roll, or could could even pop out. So the more options you have in those sort of like ball screen situations can make you interesting. And then if you can threaten with the jump shot, well, then, you know, you can attack, try to attack those closeouts. And he has some ability to sort of, you know, put it on the deck a couple of times from, you know, 18, 19 feet and, and, and make a pass. Um, you mentioned this earlier in the pod, but 70% uh, from the line this season, only nine attempts. So like, I don't know, in terms of sample, that's really not like great volume. I went back and looked, he shot 61% uh, during 2019, like travel ball, like in the, on the peach jam circuit and Nike EYBL circuit. So like, you know, we'll, that was two years ago too. So we'll see just how much of an indicator that 70% is, but like that, free throw percentage is one way to show skill, right? Like right. it is an indicator of skill. And so I think that is important for Jackson. He has good mechanics. And according to Bartorvik's site, he shot 35% on long twos. I mean, like it's sort of hard to put too much to that because you don't know what every single one of those looks looks like, but he has shown a pretty good stroke. Like you watch him take free throws and you can see like, it looks pretty good. It looks repeatable. And perhaps it is something that, not like he's going to come in day one and be like a threat, but a couple of years from now, could Isaiah Jackson have a, have a three-pointer be a piece or have a jump shot be a piece of his repertoire as an offensive weapon? Like, yeah, I think it's possible. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's something that is an underrated aspect because we know the discrete set of skills he offers as a guy that can, you know, be a pressure point for you on the rim in terms of his lob game. But, you know, how much can he offer as a short roll guy? How much can he offer as a shooter? We talked about this a lot last year, Richie, when we were evaluating Onyeka Okongwu, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's sort of a, you know, another sort of like smaller athletic center. Not like, the you know, those guys are identical prospects or anything, but 
you know, it, it's just, it's something to, it's something to consider and it is a swing piece for these types of players. And to, to me, I mean, it sounds like I haven't watched enough of this guy, but it sounds like this guy can still be impactful if that shot never develops in the first couple of years of his career. Um, yeah. Obviously a swing yeah. piece, you know, puts him over the, the edge there, but it sounds like this guy is going to be impactful on both ends, regardless if that shot comes or not. Now the opposite end of this, Brian, What's one worrisome aspect of his game that you kind of look at and you're like, oh man, I just wish this was a little bit better. Uh, this could be holding him back, you know, from a lottery pick or, or whatever it may be. Yeah, just the, um, I mean, outside of sort of like, you know, uh, again, he's pretty, he is, he's not like he's small, but maybe, maybe he is a little bit on the, the smaller end for, for him, but, but you're going for a mobile center. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm thinking like more, maybe sort of like defensive help side rotations, just being like, you know, how much of a threat can he routinely be possession after possession as a, as like a help defender in the back of, of your defense. That's, that to me is huge because I think there's some real upside with him as like a, a picking role guy in the middle, but really like being the guy that can constantly anchor your defense, you know, that's big because while well, I just talked about the shooting as a swing, swing piece for him, like if you take Isaiah Jackson at this point in the draft, like you need him to be a plus defender, um, someone that you can really build a defense and anchor it around. So that's probably why it is my top concern, but it would be my top concern of, of really any center not named like Evan Mobley, you know, in this, in this draft. Um, and he plays with a great motor. He's very athletic. So that gives him a baseline as a defender. But, um, but you know, in the NBA, everything becomes just so much more complex. And if you're asked to be the guy on the backside diagnosing everything, you know, that can be tough. So that would be sort of like the most worrisome aspect, but that's almost not even like isolated to Jackson. I think of that of just like a lot of young centers in general. Yeah, it, it's relative to him. So that, I guess that's really what I'm asking. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So last question here. Do you think he his style fits within the Hornets? Obviously, he, he you know, he's from Kentucky. So we draft all the Kentucky guys, unless your name is Devin <laughs> yeah. Booker. Yeah. We won't go there. But yeah, so I mean, based on what you're saying, it, it sounds like this guy would be a perfect fit in Charlotte. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I think by this point, you sort of mentioned it. I think we've sort of answered that. If you were to be very brief here, you would say, yes, he's a good, he's a good, like he, he's a good fit. He makes sense. Um, look, Charlotte's enough is in need of a talent upgrade at the center position. Um, you know, one that could potentially pair and develop over a longer time with LaMelo and the current young core of miles bridges, PJ Washington, you know, maybe Devonte Graham, if he's you know, assuming he comes back as a restricted free agent, um, you know, the Hornets are, they, they're in the market for a mobile screen setting five that adds pressure at the rim as a lob threat. and can be a difference maker defensively around the hoop, protecting the basket. Um, we've talked about this plenty on the podcast, Richie, but Charlotte should or could look towards free agency for that type of personnel need. Um, you know, you know, the names by this point, Rashawn Holmes, Jared Allen, if they're going, you know, cheaper end, there's the Nerlens Noel type. I mean, obviously he's limited offensively, but defensively he would mm-hmm. check some boxes for Charlotte. The Malik Monk, $16 million cap hold, um, you know, is a bit of a restrictor in terms of pursuing some of these opportunities, so we'll see what they do there. Um, generally speaking, I'd prefer to see Charlotte go wing, assuming they pick around 11 and the Hornets, the Hornets should have options to improve perimeter defense and add some playmaking juice to the offense. You know, Jaden Springer, 
who I talked about on the last podcast, Franz Wagner, who I, who we've talked about on here as well as two guys that, you know, I don't know Wagner is going to be there at 11, but these are some of the guys that on the wing defensive wings that give you some passing and some, some playmaking. Like I'd be interested. I think they could help Charlotte out next season as they're trying to like, you know, make the playoffs in the Eastern conference. Um, However, you know, I think a scenario exists where going center late lottery makes some sense. You know, I don't know. And, and also, like, they could try to sign a center and draft Isaiah Jackson at 11 or whatever, too, right? Like, they could try to do that. I don't know if that's the best use asset management in terms of, like, cap space and the lottery pick, but, like, it's a possibility. Um, you know, Mobley is the ultimate version of this prospect. He would have been a dream fit on this roster. You know, if somewhere, if Charlotte were somehow to lucky enough for a second straight year to vault yeah. up, yeah. into the top three of the draft or whatever, then like, I, I mean, Mobley is just perfect for them. Like he, it, it, to an extent, like this season was super fun. I'm, I'm glad like, you know, Hayward's here and they've, they're challenged. They challenge for the playoffs. You know, I did, I, I we talked, we've discussed that, that move too many times, but like, you know, it's one of those things they sort of priced themselves out of the Mobley sweepstakes when they decide to put their eggs in the basket of making the playoffs this year. And that's just like, you know, that's the opportunity cost. The, uh, you know, in that, in that next group of centers uh, behind Mobley, you know, I think there's certainly a draft. There's a, there's a big drop, you know, to Mobley and center two in this draft. I was saying there's a drop between Mobley and the number three prospect in this draft. Although I do like Jalen Suggs uh, and Jalen Green, um, a fair amount. While I don't love using a lottery pick to add this certain skill type, you know, a spread pick and roll center that offers some rim protection, like in theory, you should be able to find that elsewhere without sort of like using the resource of a lottery pick. Um, you know, you think that prospect has the ability to be a real plus on one end of the court that would be defensively with Isaiah Jackson and also help you out, satisfy your know, scratch a need for you offensively then it's a justifiable pick, right? So Jackson makes sense because they need a mobile center. They, you can't fully optimize LaMelo until you have, you know, a mobile center, a guy that can catch lobs. So it gives LaMelo another pick and roll dance partner to work with. And, you you know, you think of how a couple of years from now, assuming Miles and PJ are still around, well, all of a sudden you could have a three, four, five of Bridges, Washington, and Jackson. If Jackson comes online as like a shooter, which we were just talking about, now all of a sudden you've got three guys that can basically do everything out of the pick and roll, right? They can slip, they can roll hard, they can catch lobs, uh, they can pick and pop, they can short roll. Like all of a sudden you've got all of these different features, you know? Um, so that, that, that sort of scenario is, is maybe not super likely from happening, but, uh, is, is enticing. And yes, I do think Jackson would be a good fit and he would be a, you know, I, again, I don't think he would be my pick necessary at 11, but yeah, he would be a, he was, he's in that tier of, of centers, excuse me, beyond Mobley. And he satisfies some needs. He's young and you can, he makes sense within this current core. So yeah, it's, it would not be a bad pick. He fits with the roster. Well, that's good. A lot of good information there. Like I said, I've not watched a ton of Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the fact that he's played with Lamella before just kind of surprises me. I, I had no idea that, that was the case. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another podcast here, video podcast exclusive to our Buy Me a Coffee members. Uh, we will probably do, like I said, two or three more of these. And if you're listening on the audio version, you're actually getting it 
14 days later. So if you want to get it right when it comes out, uh, you guys can go to buymeacoffee.com slash buzzbeat and check that link in the description to know a little bit more about how you can get access to this. So, all right, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.